0: Philosophy. Descartes. Debate. The Mepropod. 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 The awesomest discussion podcast in the history of the human species. Oh, yeah!
1: Let me tell you, i need an interview with an old man emu he He's got a beak and feathers and things, but the poor old fetter ain't got no wings Aren't you jealous of the wedge-tailed eagle? Um, well, the eagle's flying round and round to keep my two feet firmly on the ground Now, I can't fly, but I'm telling you, I can run the pants of a kangaroo He can't fly, but I'm telling you, he can run the pants of a kangaroo Decades. Welcome
0: to the Pepper Report, episode 133, January 10th, 2015, in one of the more awkward stumble-in intros that we've had in a while. Actually, none of none you, of you heard that, but, uh, but everyone else did. So yes, we're all here. Welcome. Beginning of the new year. Uh, happy New Year. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy, uh, happy Merry Christmas. Um, happy Hanukkah to everybody. And um, yeah, they're going to be listening to this at like... I know. Well, that's today. why I'm I trying to think... give them a sense <laughs> yeah. of, what, of where everything stands, you know, right. where everything is. So we're all here. Cool. Russ Story and I are in here. And uh, so first of all, before we do anything Story, I have to ask you, did you break the Luminaria record? Um, you did. I did. I saw yes. the thing where you... I shattered it, it. I saw you were featured last year on a new... For those of you who don't know what we're talking about, I'll let Story explain what Luminaria's are. But uh, he is like a local celebrity now. Um, not even joking. So
2: Yeah, something like that. Um yeah, so I've been on the local news in Albuquerque for two years in a row. He keeps describing me as an Albuquerque man, which I guess is fine. <laughs> you know, wandering nomad just doesn't roll off the tongue as well as a local interest story. Um so yes, luminarias are a candle, a lit candle inside of a sandwich, paper sandwich bag with the lip folded over so that it stays open and some sand in the bottom as a base. And um They are a Christmas Eve tradition, primarily in New Mexico, although it's spreading. It's available in some parts of Texas and other places. And uh, last year, I had a record, well, 2013, just to be clear, since it is 2015 now. In 2013, I set a personal record of 850 of them at my parents' house, on the walls, paths, roof, chimney, corridors, etc. And this year, I shattered that with 1,173 that's, yeah. Which is, and so. all
0: now, how much of that was, uh, assisted by your significant other, or parents? Like,
2: yeah, no, I, yeah, Alex. So last year I did basically everything myself. Alex helped, um, yeah. fold some bags mostly. And then, um, Pretty much all of the work was done by me, and then she helped me lay out the roof a little bit last year, and then she flew out on the 23rd. This year, she was there for the whole experience, so she helped tremendously. Um, I still folded basically all of the bags because that was done before she got in. She had to finish up work and got in a little bit later, and I started a week out but she definitely helped make um like sanding and candling we probably split 50-50 and then layout we probably split 50-50 also so and then lighting my mom usually always helps with the lighting and Alex helped with the lighting also and actually became like kind of obsessive about the lighting she really enjoyed that <laughs> process so yeah so definitely you know it's it's hard to break a thousand solo um, so she definitely was a significant nice. help this year.
3: Any ideas for uh, Luminaria efficiency inventions like uh, taking a blowtorch, <laughs> lighting 400 at a time?
2: Yeah, well, I'm mining some redstone under my ah, parents' house in order sweet. to create a Excellent. Luminaria maker. No, um, See,
3: now I want to know if that's an old <laughs> reference or if you've actually been playing Minecraft. Uh,
2: uh, no, playing I haven't playing, actually played Minecraft. Minecraft in a while. One of my resolutions is to play fewer video games <laughs> this year. What? Yes, player. You've got to remember that. Sorry, (laughs) I love (laughs) how Story says it. Just as I fired up the other (laughs) Three, you also have to remember, Greg, that like when when that is said in Greg speak, that means my resolution is to have less fun this year. When Russ and I say something like that, it's it's saying (laughs) we're going to do fewer hard drugs. (laughs) That's true. we're still going somn- to do some of drugs. Just addiction. Less yes, of it. Yes, I, I do have to do that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So you know, it's you, it you, makes sense. It's not that I don't want you know the the lovely trips that we go you on. Speak you speak the truth. Maybe fewer of them. It's okay. So. Um, no, I mean, it is actually interesting. So the, the piece, the local news has come out the last two years and the same reporter came back to do sort of a, a preview story of like what it's like to, to process them. And it is amazing how many sort of little efficiencies that I've picked up over the year. Cause every year it feels like it's a little bit easier to mass produce them. And that's just because I've learned so much over the course of doing like a massive display for 15 straight years with a couple small exceptions. Um, that I, you know, that just the whole process of folding and sanding and candling, like everything's lined up. And there were like five different times this year when I was commenti- commenting to Alex or she was suggesting like, why don't we do it this way? And I'm like, oh yes, I remember when I was young and stupid and we did it that way and it took <laughs> five more hours and, you know, this is why. Ah, uh, young this luminarium,
0: you, you know nothing. Yet. Exactly.
2: Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I have hit my, I haven't hit 10,000 hours, but I've probably made about 10,000 total luminarias, and that's given me a certain amount of wisdom about what, the what process, I really yeah. want to know
0: about this because I think it's, it's this is obviously something which I'm sure had you considered, you would have done it earlier is why you aren't mining the commercial potential of this because it's obvious that that's why you're doing this is, is ultimately to become a commercial success. Right, like and everything. I just don't know why yeah. you wouldn't have, you know, created at this point. This, this feels like it's rife for something like a factory-involved product that eventually some Dr. Seuss wannabe would satire, you know, later on about how you destroyed everything in your process of making luminaries more efficient. So I'm wondering why you haven't given more attention to what Russ is talking about before now. It just seems like, you know, it's, it's fine to be a mom-and-pop store, but when are you going to go
2: franchise, man? I mean, that's, that's where it's at, right. I think, right? Well, so one issue is that um, making them, you know, I'm not particularly exceptional at making them. I'm probably a little better than most people at making them just because I have a lot of experience with them. But the industry, to the extent that there's a commercial luminaria industry in New Mexico, it's cornered by agencies like the Boy Scouts (laughs) and like other charities. So to the extent that I would start like going in on the market and undercutting it, it's really just displacing fundraisers for non and you other beh- I can get that is you probably good games, to be fair right. well yeah they, they have, have their, their issues but you know uh, so it's not really i'm not like super motivated to be like private entrepreneur displaces everyone and vanderbilt but style but isn't that takeover. the point though there's no market
0: uh, and you can therefore swoop in you're like listen what you people have not done yet is profit so that's that's what needs to happen right. now
2: and and to be fair, there are, like, a lot of services that do this sort of soup to nuts, like, make them for really? you, set them up, clean oh, them up, okay. whatever else. Yeah, there are a lot. I mean, you know, because in my parents' neighborhood, like, the average age – I mean, this is probably changing recently, but, you know, five to ten years ago, the average age in my parents' neighborhood was probably, like, 66 and a half, and – Um, So, you know, a lot of people just aren't able to do them and it's an expectation in the neighborhood because there's bus tours and the whole city comes down to this neighborhood is like the centerpiece of the Luminaria display. So I, you know... There are a lot of families that have done that. The, the real issue is that what I specialize in, in addition to doing a lot of quantity, is sort of precision of layout of like measuring the exact distance between the luminarias as they are displayed and other things like this, which other people don't pay as much attention to. And because there's only really like one or two days of setup and one day of display, it's basically impossible to be in more places at once. Um. So there's really a very limited capacity that I would have, unless I harmy- hired like an army of people and trained them right. all in the ways of being as meticulously I perfectionist I as I am.
3: Story like developing clones as not a means <laughs> to save the more world, or just to keep setting his luminaria record every year.
0: <laughs> Wait, why do you want to do this? So you can set up more luminaria displays? You're like, yeah, what? I don't even not even exactly. there was a need and
2: i met it suddenly i become like actual santa claus but for luminarias all over the country that people just wake up on christmas eve and there's 10 billion candles all over the neighborhoods of america <laughs> and be like how did Nora, this attract
0: this guy with long hair just like flying in his his right. Prius above the above the world like
3: That'd be like a very boring version of the end of the Lawnmower Man, (laughs) when he becomes a digital being and makes a phone call to everybody in the world, announcing himself as Digital Christ. That's
0: exactly except I'm Luminary Christ. I am. The that's movie. the kind of yeah. that's the kind of movie that would be have absolutely zero com- like uh, commercial success, but would be a big hit with like five people who would who would Bill like O'Reilly worship would it like movie. on. you know, they'd be like, I cannot ever yeah, let yeah. it go. You know what I mean? It'd be like you with the big Lebowski rust. Like Donnie Darko, but like right. less popular,
3: exactly. more obscure
2: and exactly like you have
3: to explain to like ninety percent of the audience what luminarians are. You know, like, oh, it's creepy because he like makes copies of
0: himself just so that he can put candle bags around the. Entire it's an of our modern society. That's, I can't even.
2: Um, yeah, that's that's pretty. So, did you get? And then eventually, like the bag gets caught in the in the cloner at one point, and so this like hor- yeah. horrific man who's half <laughs> sorry I half human emerges. Who's like, yeah, there's a really candle weird. in his soul. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what the luminarians would then, and then they would all like reproduce and start cloning themselves, and that would and then that would be the horror. E.P. on
3: the world, so that they need the luminarians to. <laughs> I like how somehow exactly. this got combined. with the be
0: I no like I like how that happens. How you guys <laughs> do that. Uh, yeah, and, and you could call it. And then the sequel obviously is like, uh, you know, Luminaria Two, the Luminarying or the or the lighting, something like that. You know, and you make more and more progressively. That, work. Also, you'd have to get some like Tara Reid would clearly feature in this film, right? I think that's pretty obvious. I love when
3: the, he pitches this to the the studios to make this movie, and they'd be like, "So what's the sequel? You're just gonna make like <laughs> 170 more bags?" He's like, "Yeah, that's the point." And they're like, "Brilliant!" It's like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's right." Yeah, it's beautiful. It's, it's a new record. Different.
2: What don't you like? <laughs>
3: like, what about something else? You're like, all right, well, my my girlfriend will help me. <laughs> He's like, that's that's
0: a great angle that gets yep. the female demographic that's involved. Awesome. I
3: don't understand. It's
0: completely different. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So, did yes. you feature on so the uh, local? Did, so the television came out again, and they were like, even more blown away. Or right. yeah, how did it? Yeah, basically.
2: I mean, it's this one guy, Cole Miller, the television
3: luminarians. So yeah. So yeah, right. Away.
2: Um, yeah, so he's, he's, he's with a local news station and he came out, he only did the preview story, not on Christmas Eve, but my parents like threw an open house party for a lot of people on Christmas Eve and he actually came by and like hung out for an hour and had hors d'oeuvres and it was fun. So yeah, yeah, but he he may do another he'll he said he will do another one next year except that he's trying to move up in the local news. I mean, this guy kind of has the whole package. Like he's he's very attractive, he has like an amazing radio voice, but he's on TV. <laughs> he's very personable. He has a great sense of story. Like he's clearly going to be like the na- the national news anch- anchor. But he's a nice guy. Years, he's, so he's um. Yeah, he's a nice guy. He's really young. He's up and coming, but he's like, well, I've put in for a transfer to Seattle or Denver. So he's like, and he came from Nebraska. So he's clearly yes, like climbing the rungs, is. Getting- different local news. And then he's going to go to Boston next. And then New York or LA. He's and then, building, like, he's building
0: set, his cultural so. icon. I exactly. See. I see.
2: So, you know, in 30 years when he's a national news anchor, they'll be like, where did you get your start? Then, you know. That's the long game for, for That'll be part of his
0: version. contracting will be that he'll, like, uh, right. he'll until the man, like, a national feature. You know, just be, like, in the seat. The right. nightly news with Cole Miller, like, and to finish tonight, a five-minute feature on Luminaria New Mexico. Everyone's like, what? Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> Where did this come from? <laughs> then, then you'll mention the MEP report, and our show will blow up, and we'll, like, we made it, guys. We finally made it. We finally
2: arrived.
3: <laughs> I love how Albuquerque ceases to be, and it's just known as Luminary yeah, New exactly.
2: Mexico. Exactly. Right, exactly, yeah. Wow. <laughs> You know, Albuquerque is hard to say, hard to spell. Yeah.
3: The only city you can yeah. see from space post-apocalypse.
0: <laughs> <Exactly>.
2: <laughs> Why is
0: apocalypse involved in this? Why is you it like, like... Because, because the lights have to go He's out. Making a movie, yeah. 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 yeah, That's true. Can we have That's the so. Billy Joel song, uh, Miami 2017? I've seen the lights go out on Broadway. Except it'll be the lights. I've seen the lights go out in... I've seen the lights. Right. See, it doesn't work syllable-wise. I've seen the lights go Albuquerque. There you go. I've seen the lights go Albuquerque. That's how you can do it. And Albuquerque would finally be in a song. Right. Yeah.
3: Albuquerque becomes a verb meaning to place lots of yes. luminaria. And it's an
0: inspiration <laughs> to the world. Like, you know, Al- to Albuquerque someone is to inspire them. So that's it. I yeah. like it. So, uh, so it was a good feature. And, and now, Dave, have you ever gotten any, like, response from people? Hey, I saw you on the news. Like, I mean, did you have you gotten any of that? Like... Can you? I just want to see how we can spread it? Yeah. No. Your fame, I mean. I all. mean.
2: Right. Yeah. No. I mean. Certainly. Like a lot of people. So last year we also had a fire pit outside, which sometimes happens. Where. Um, sometimes happens. It's not as spontaneous <laughs> like as a that mosh pit, Sometimes about some fire, spontaneous. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes people. Yeah. Sometimes Otherwise known as choose. a jumbo <laughs>
3: luminaria.
2: <laughs> right. Exactly. No, it was. It actually was. We actually put it in sand, and it was like a yep. giant luminaria. Yeah. Uh, oh, pit. I know. Yeah. yeah. You're. You're. You're picking up. <laughs> So, <laughs> you got up pretty early this morning, didn't you, Russ? But actually, I sure did. It's very early right now. <laughs> it's like it's noon. freaking noon. You guys are yeah. slave drivers. No, we're crazy. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, so, you know, with the fire pit, you sort of invite people up and like, you know, strangers come up and get warm, especially when it's cold and whatever else. So a lot, we got a lot of feedback last year. So there were people, not many people who had seen the news yet, because that was actually on Christmas Eve night. But I still Alex and I and my parents occasionally would go out and talk to people. I mean, this year, Not to toot my own horn too much, but you seem to be encouraging that. Uh, But this year there were like candle, right? Exactly, there were crowds of like fifteen to thirty people, pretty much at all times from about six to eleven p.m. gathered out in front of the house because you know it was kind of the. The place. So, you know, I would go out and, you know, talk to some people and they're like, is this your house? Did you do this? I'm like, yeah, it's my parents, but we did the work and whatever and have conversations with people. Uh, And, you know, a lot of people had seen the news report either last year or in the lead up to this. So it's getting some notoriety. You know, Alex's suggestion was that we should have some sort of in candles or other form counter in front of the house because everyone immediately is like how oh, many is nice. that are the ones on the roof real? like there should be like an faq a little like lit up faq somewhere so maybe we'll we'll do that next i year, like that so. I, I
0: think uh, if you could do that and then if you could also as part of your arrangement spell out the map in luminaries that would be really great if you could yeah. add that into the mix yeah
2: Hey man, you didn't even mention the map report reboot in your like life year and review on the Gregory. <laughs> Did I not? Oh my the god, life. you're right. I don't, I don't even like. I don't even know, man. As far as who's carrying the weight of promoting I, I the I am show. actually
0: writing as we speak just in the labels, which there. is if people do not know. I actually write the labels as we're doing the show. I am writing right now. Greg is appropriately called out by story. You are a hundred percent right. <laughs> I completely forgot, I'm just and you're totally right. Just saying.
2: But, and you were like, I mean, and it was getting really obscure. It was like number 11. <laughs> like, I cleaned my toenails really effectively this year. It was awesome. Go to toenailblog.wilson.org. Like, uh, this is awesome. You speak you the know. truth. You so speak I'm the truth. So I'm just saying. I'm just saying. There was no mention I will of E-Moose in your entire year in review. It's not it an easy to, make
3: to get <laughs> It
2: took Wilson. a long time.
0: <laughs> I had to get it from some bizarre um, uh, guy who was doing uh, some strange ritual in the north of Ireland I didn't want to ask questions about. So...
2: He was driving white yes. van, right? <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, you, you speak the absolute truth. Um, I did do that. Of course, the year in review thing, it's funny that somehow that gets that put on my to-do list because I do. I need to keep up with the blogs and everything, but it's such a pain. I've tried so many times to keep more consistently up on it. In a way, Twitter is a little bit better for that because that way I don't have to spend a long time writing it. But oh, my God. Yeah, you're right. I, I, I did do that. And I have now officially marked that I will no longer <laughs> do that again. Well, see, the thing is, if I did something similar, you know, if I did some kind of like a light promotion thing around here, whereas you guys know right at the moment there's a, a big police slowdown um, because the NYPD is upset that um, Bill de Blasio had a discussion with his black son about not wising off to the police. That, as you guys can imagine, that completely upset the police force, which doesn't understand why anyone would have such a conversation with a black teenager about not being careful about with the
2: yeah anyway um so they're pissed off at him they were just upset that they were like you know spared a victim they were like he we had, we had yep, a target yep, on, yep. like he was gonna be he was gonna say something and we were gonna That's have it. an excuse and now it's like it's like denying food. to I the, know it's true. Know, really, he really, he's outside.
0: to blame. Um, as you as is often the case, he was right. to blame for being black. I think that was that was really the issue there. Um, but uh, yes, uh, and so as a consequence, because of this police slowdown, um, you know, I pretty much could get away with anything. So this would have been a good time to do it. But most of the time, if you put more than sort of like societally approved electric lights outside of the house, um, there's no question that it could turn actually into a actual bonfire, you know, because occasionally people would just burn down a house for the fun of it. So, um, you know, I, in this case, I I didn't want to give people the wrong impression because I didn't want a bunch of the police showing up on my doorstep now that they're no longer doing that. Um, because the, the slowdown to prove, um, how terrible it would be without police, by the way, it's now, uh, we're on to day 15 and the societal order appears to be maintaining itself. Um, but, uh, you know, that, that I, I had to be careful. So I will. I will keep that in, mind in the future. Fair enough. But I'm glad that you had this promotional. Hey. I'm glad that you had this uh, promotional angle worked out, and that that's all that, what this is about. No, in all seriousness, I am very excited though um, that that you you passed a thousand because I know how much milestones mean to you. So I am very glad that you right. sort of hit that. But I mean, are you going to try to beat it every year? Are you going to slow it down so you just try to beat it by one from now on, or like?
2: Alex was actually Alex was actually suggesting, like once we were over eleven hundred, like maybe we should stop so that next year we don't have to do No more. sandbagging. Get it? Yeah. Oh yes. Yes. As we actually we actually even and that joke has already been made. You were second yeah. to that joke. It was already yes. made like in the middle of the night and some punch drunk, like, do we really need more than a thousand? Because I actually so part of that moment was hit when I I had bought four cases of candles, which is 1,152. And then – and I bought a commensurate number of bags. But I, w- I had sort of intended to stop at 1,100, so I had only bought 1,100 bags. But each bag – so the candle count – I mean this- – Did you start making luminary <laughs> People- out of your clothing? Like the no, 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 hour? no, no. <laughs> this but- <laughs> old t-shirt will work. <laughs> The things that you learn when making mass producing luminaries. So the candle counts are exact because there's exactly 24 that fit in and they're perfectly counted. And the factory like delivers exactly 24, but paper bags, like no one thinks of sandwich bags in terms of an exact count. (laughs) They just sort of like measure off an amount that's like close to 50 because they're so thin and like the machinery to exactly count them doesn't exist and who would care anyway. So the actual average number of sandwich bags in a package of 50 sandwich bags is probably closer to like 54 uh, because we ended up with way more than 1100 out of a, what should have been essentially 1100 and there is some attrition going on because every now and then you get one where like the glue at the bottom comes unstuck and so the bag is useless to actually carry sand in it or whatever which is also probably part of why they inflate the number of bags in any given bag of bags so so, we're so I thought I'd great. only have
3: 1100 the bags. paper bag industry is like the luminaria of the corporate world and that they just give you <laughs> bonus things to make you feel good and they're the only company that would ever do such a thing. Yeah,
0: basically. But basically, wait, that also means that they're in, co- that makes story incompetent if you're continuing this analogy because he doesn't know how to count properly if you were no, to follow no, no. that along. It's,
3: no, it's just you give people things for them yeah, to feel more, good regardless of pro- eggs, thought of profit. Which,
0: is, which It's because is you don't really
2: know, so you're just
0: like yeah, I don't know, give them 10 more just in case. Alright,
2: but Well, boss. it's not just you not, not just knowing but it's <laughs> also because some some of them inevitably do come unstuck, and I don't think they have found a way in the manufacturing process to make sure they're all perfect. That's so they a real don't tragedy. want someone—they don't yeah. want someone coming in with four, only 48 usable bags, being like, "I was promised 50, I demand more." So they just give everybody 55 and like deal with the attrition. That's interesting. So anyway, so we ended up with a lot more than 1,150 after folding what I thought was 1,100 bags. So then we had to get more candles when I had already bought four cases at once, which was supposed to sort of be the supply. Wow. Although next year I may be buying them in bulk directly from Reed Candle Company. I'm now on a first-name basis with the president and CEO of Reed Candle Company having shown her all of this. Shout-outs uh, to Reed Candle Company. Yeah, exactly. So I was supposed to – I was trying to get them in bulk for this year to get them like – by a wholesale price, but then it fell through. Apparently, in part because the president and CEO was actually in the hospital over the holidays or until just before, and she, she didn't get back accident. to me. But now she's like, now she's like really excited and was really amazed at all of this stuff. And then saw the news article and saw that her company was featured. So, so um, we'll see. How it how is becoming. It, I, I want you to be sponsored, yes. exactly. Um, right.
0: How much does it cost? The for, as far as like the I don't know the bag cost is playing negligible. Like yes. how much does four cases of does that cost? Like Five dollars or five hundred or fifty? Like I have no
3: sense of
2: how So much this year about. I think I spent um about About $500, a little less probably, but I also didn't have to buy the sand this year because my dad has had sand left over from building projects. Now, to be fair, no one in Albuquerque ever has to buy sand if you're willing to haul it from the public parks because they always deliver big mounds of sand for people to work on this themselves to the public parks. So, But traditionally, I sometimes, because of the bulk rate and the efficiency of it, have bought sand in the past, although a 50-pound bag of sand is fairly cheap, is like $4 or something. The bag cost, like a lion's share by far of the cost of the project is, uh, if you don't count time, and Lord knows we don't, um, <laughs> <laughs> the lion's share of the cost is about candles. So I don't know why I just candles. had
3: this very weird visual of all this sand and all this fire somehow fusing into a giant thing of glass someday. <laughs> <laughs> Making it Too even more Minecraft amazing. much Minecraft for you, sir. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, know. I know how to yeah. make glass. <laughs>
2: It it is true that
0: games games totally distort our way of this. I was playing – the other day I was playing a game called Divinity Original Sin, which is a role-playing game where you can – like most role-playing games, you can – craft things and stuff like that and how you just combine in this game you can combine two scrolls and a blank book to make a book that will teach you what was on the scroll but you just like what you just mash it together better. and you're like <laughs> and then you're like a thing like it just it, what like it just and, and we sort of are used to that so it's, i'm waiting for people to just be like this is how we do it like we just throw three items in a bag like i take you know say what would it be eighty thousand dollars hundred thousand dollars throw it in a bag Put in, um, let's say, oh, I don't know how much paper and pens would be involved. Put in, like, a laptop computer maybe. Put in four years' worth of clothes and a backpack and you come out with a college degree, right? Like, I, I feel like that's – the people are eventually going to start assuming that you just – you know, you just put them on top of each other and somehow they merge into what you want. You know, no, you no... go
3: to school, you punch the professor in the face and then the degree pops out of him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
0: that's, that's, how I, that's how I do it. I don't <laughs> oh it's, dear! It's especially painful in May. Usually, fall is easier. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, so that so that's I mean that's a considerable investment. So I I want you to get sponsorship at least from them, not for the Mep report. I mean that would be nice, but uh, just so that they can. I mean they're getting. Tons of free advertising, right? I mean, I would think. Uh,
2: Yeah, basically. I mean, certainly most of it is based on the news article. I mean, I could, like, post a little, you know, blurb out front or something and say, like, sponsored by Reed Candle Company. It's actually interesting, though, because this is one of those rare times in the compromises of American capitalism where I actually not only believe in a product but can tangibly point to its competitive advantage over its rival product because there are two major candle suppliers – um, and one is Reed and one, I actually don't even know what the brand is. They just sort of show up as like Farolito candles that are only distributed in New Mexico. But Reed candles actually last for 12 to 15 hours. In fact, there were some that were still even going when I woke up in the morning on Christmas day, which is kind of like really impressive. Most of that was because there was no wind this year, which they were like perfect luminaria conditions, but the rival candles that are white and smaller last very little, and recently there was like a major quality downgrade in these other candles, so the last two or three years, I've noticed that other people who use the white candles, and it's about a 50-50 split in my neighborhood um, or my parents' neighborhood, actually don't glow very much at all. They actually become a very weak light after maybe a couple hours and start to sort of drown in their own like pool of wax. So, and, and people, and it's very noticeable difference. It's something that's hard to sort of pick up on with, as this whole phenomenon is with cameras or with film, but is very visible if you actually go on Christmas Eve to Albuquerque and see it. And people, and people, lots of people ask me like probably the third or fourth most frequent question behind Uh, How many is that? Are those real on the roof? How long did it take you? And then the fourth question is always... why are yours glowing well? And these other people across the street, they're not glowing at all. And it's entirely because of the difference in the candles. So it actually is like a product quality difference that I could speak to totally sincerely as I just did. So.
0: Yeah. See, well, that's, that's what it is. I can, I've got to say, I can get behind this company a lot more than I can get behind blue emu. So I feel, I feel like we're ready. for that <laughs> That's next a low step. bar, my friend. <laughs> that's low true. Bar. That is true. Well, congratulations on setting Thank the you. record. I had no doubt of it. Um, And uh, and by the and last last question, uh, so how long does it take to do this? It's usually like soup to nuts. It's a couple days, right? I mean, like it's a a
2: week, but it's not like a sustained week. I mean, it's probably yeah, it's probably like like close to forty eight person hours or fifty person hours um, of actual sustained work. I should measure it sometime. I mean, there's all these these ideas of larger projects that I have. You know, I really want to do a time lapse video of the entire production process, or at least of the entire layout and lighting process. I think that would be really popular. I don't really have like a great technological setup to do it, mostly because it's hard to abandon a laptop or a video camera, like across the street, sort of unsupervised for two days in a row. But And that's kind of what it would take to do it properly. So, if I figure out a way to like hide a micro camera or something or get funding for that project, then there should be a time lapse video. But um, yeah, I start folding bags about a week out. It takes, you know, uh, maybe a third of my waking hours for four days to do that. And then the actual sanding and candling can be done in a day with two people pretty easily. Um, Not a terribly hard day, six to eight hours. And then the layout takes. A better part of a day for the roof, a full day of daylight hours for the rest of it. And then lighting. Lighting is actually incredibly fast because you use butane torches. Um, so lighting lighting only takes about three people 90 minutes, which people are always think that lighting takes a really long time because they imagine using matches or, like, these awful handheld lighters that you can never get the, like, safety trigger down at the same time as the other stuff. But right. lighting is actually remarkably fast. And then, um, yeah, and then cleanup is, you know, cleanup's another matter, but...
0: I just had this sense of – I was thinking Russ was going to jump in with this – of story coming out, bare-chested with a flamethrower, <laughs> just like, say hello to my luminette <laughs> Just like just lighting the entire yard, <laughs> just leaving. Oh man! Um, yeah. Well, that's pretty badass. So, congratulations! Well done. Good job. I had no doubt Thank that you. It would happen. It really, honestly, just hearing like the amount of stuff that goes into it, I, it's it puts any kind of pathetic. Like, all right, guys, we got to take care of the tree. All right, like our tiny <laughs> little tree with this. Stu- just, just puts that to absolute shame. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Um, so, now, while you were doing this, of course, Russ was heavily involved in his – because he, he – of course, Russ puts a whole lot of stock in the holidays, especially these holidays. Do you know Very I actually –
3: we actually threw a holiday party this year. What? At our <laughs>
0: god damn it see he's totally he's like yeah and he showed off his masks and he served bourbon right that's what happened right yeah Yeah. that is
3: true that is what happened um (laughs) however like since you know that i do not have a particularly uh large affinity for christmas as a holiday but i I did feel like we wanted to host all of our friends and have people over and eat food and have fun i just didn't want it to be under the banner of christmas because i you know i prefer uh inclusive things to exclusive things and for me Christmas was never an inclusive thing, so we decided. You
2: have such a good fond history of Christmas celebrations. Yeah, celebration. yeah it's gone all so well good for you the good things that
3: ever happened. Like, <laughs> as, and I, I think as I've described on the show before, like my best Christmas memories are when nothing has happened, when I've just been like sitting at home watching TV and been like, "Ah, oh, the world is okay. Nothing's happening. No one's here." Good <laughs> yeah. Christmas. Um, so, but we were doing it, you know, part of the marketing strategy of throwing a good uh, holiday party
2: in Los Angeles. Is Reed when... Candle Company. No, sorry. Yes, Reed <laughs> Candle Company. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you da, da, Christmas da, da. for
3: people who need light. <laughs> right. Um we should see how many times we can get
0: Reed <laughs> Candle yeah, Company exactly along with that, a little no. music tone each time. that be oh, good dear. Now.
3: Uh well cause, you, you know you can't do it on like December 23rd or December 24th cuz you're just competing with too many different holiday parties and especially within the like improv community everybody wants to have a holiday party and get everybody drunk and have uh reverie. So um we decided to do it, like, a, a like a full week before. It was, like, December 16th. And I was like, all right, we need a marketing scheme. We need a marketing scheme. If we just go come to our off-brand you know, brand holiday party, like, nobody's going to care. Off-brand? So, yeah. Like, it's not <laughs> Well, if you market it like and that, yes. December no one 16th. One. Come, come to, to our generic. Generic go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. Have People you egg don't egg. know what?
2: invite egg you. To. I've never.
0: Happy <laughs> Genaro, Happy Gennaro.
3: Um. So I looked. Uh, I was like, "All right, I bet you that there's some archaic holiday that happened on December 16th." And so I look on Wikipedia, and lo and behold, uh, the, the festival, the Roman holiday festival of Saturnalia, would take place on uh, December 17th. Yes. And it would go on for like a month or a week or however long in that given year they decide to celebrate it. And I was like, perfect. Nobody knows what Saturnalia is. <laughs> so everyone can celebrate equally and nobody will feel left out. And everyone – and it became a thing. And so we learned about some of the traditions of Saturnalia, which, by the way, is very much a pre – Christmas, winter equinox like precursor holiday. It's like exactly the same, except it's Saturnalia and you worship Saturn instead of a tree or whatever. So like Santa um, stars, instead of Santa. Comes And
2: gives bifts yeah. to all the yeah. children. <laughs> the yeah. fact that it's Saturn, around
3: the of Santa, may not yeah. be like a total mistake or, or right. a total happenstance either. Yes. That could totally be. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, we put like, I didn't even mind the fact that my girlfriend was like taking little uh, you know, like Santa Claus Christmas hats and putting them on the masks to make them more festive and like it seemed very Saturnalia y to take all the archaic masks and dress them up in like holiday stuff and we had wreaths and suns and moons and the things that they would the symbols that they would use in Saturnalia. And we uh, every time we, you know, had a toast or welcomed people into the apartment We would greet them with, yo, Saturnalia, which is the traditional Saturnalia greeting.
0: Is that how you say it, too, with the right accent? Yo, Saturnalia. Yes, in my,
3: like, weird Eastern European accent that simulates ancient Rome. Um, (laughs) Okay. And we had a tremendous time. We must have had, like, 50-plus people in my apartment, uh, and uh, I got – so drunk that I passed out at like 3 – I only made it to like 3 a.m. And then I passed out on the lap of one of my improv teammates and I was carried off into the bedroom. Um,
2: <laughs> in a toga.
3: And I was I was wearing – you know that hat that Bill Murray wears in Scrooge, like the very Christmassy kind mm. of uh, top hat thing? I was wearing a hat like that. And you would think this is like the most anti-Russ. You may have seen weird pictures of me on Facebook with like a sad face wearing the, the holiday hat. But it was all perfect because it was all in the name of Saturnalia, a completely neutral holiday with no bad associations that everybody had to learn at the same time. And it's easily the holiday tradition going forward. Like there will be a Saturnalia
0: too next Great. year. <laughs> so the Saturnalia.
2: Fantastic.
0: Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Super fun. So that's cool. So, and that also will become a bit. I, I like the idea, but this is mostly just because of my desire to link all narratives with everything. The idea that somehow this becomes connected. So your Saturnalia somehow bleeds into Story's Luminaria celebration. So I we have did have image. candles all over
3: the place, which that's is celebration. That's what of I mean. Celebration. There you
2: go. Yeah. We yeah. should do a combo party at some point. Yeah. At some point in the foreseeable future. Yep. We'll bring these L- Saturn Saturnalia.
0: I yes. It. Exactly. I dig it. No, that's cool. That's cool. I like it. And for some reason, I I know your feelings about LA, but I have to say, that does strike me as the kind of, like, LA seems like so uncommitted to anything that I I would think that it would make sense to be like, here, here's something where everyone can get together and have fun, and everyone's okay with that, you know? And and like, that seems appropriate to me that that would be- I'm already a very,
3: I'm a strange outlier, even within the artist community in LA, because I'm like interested in anthropology and, you know- history and mythology and they're like hey, katie perry so <laughs> you're like it's a different kind of intro, like is it like but... katie perry no it's a it's a luba tribal mask katie
0: perry so <laughs> 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 maybe you're a tribal mask yeah it's good stuff um of course our Super Bowl halftime uh, act this year will be katie perry um so I don't know what to make of that. I do think that they're running out of big time acts. I was thinking about this the other day when the Super Bowl is now in the process of bringing in the great Bruno Mars. Bruno Br- Bruno Mars. Um, that's kind of a fall off from Paul McCartney. Like I think they're running out of major acts that can do it. And I was I don't know if there's any act that's big enough now. Like, I mean, I guess U two has never done it. I guess U two would be big enough. But I don't really. Everyone else has either done it and everyone's like, God, no, please never again. I want, a la, I want you know. Rage
3: Against the Machine to do the Super Bowl.
0: <laughs> that would be awesome. Can <laughs> I get a Bowl for Justice story? The said. most anti establishmentarian
3: band that we can find that sells out at the last second and is like, yeah, sure, we'll celebrate America,
0: <laughs> we'll celebrate our on. way. If you're going to do that, I want them to be something where it will really confuse people musically also. So they should bring in System of a Down, which doesn't even make sense musically to musicians. So they should just have it up there and just watch as people's brains blow up. Like We're singing like this. It's like, what? (laughs) I don't even understand what that means. Like, neither do we. It's welcome to System of a Down. Hey, speaking Um. of
3: uh, American ideals and freedom, can we talk about all the Charlie Hebdo stuff? or is See, that not on the I, I was avoiding it just because I felt like yeah, I more
0: depression That's more What's going
3: on? You stuff. want
2: to go to there? All right. I do. That's all what's right. happening. All right.
3: Yeah. Because okay. I sense from uh Story's last blog speech that we may not all share exactly the same take on
0: I mean, on I don't think I share a take with anybody. Oh, I haven't seen <laughs> your I haven't seen your take yeah. on this. What is I the think, uh...
2: I think my take is a total outlier if Facebook is any indication, which to be fair, Facebook creates monocultural thought faster than pretty much anything but still like everyone's in a rush tripping over each other to disagree with or to agree with each other rather as fast as humanly possible is my facebook experience and then i'm like uh i don't agree and they're like shut up we all agree. We don't Where's like your post, no. there's
0: no yeah. dislike. That would change if they had a dislike button, but because it's always
3: voting well, up, yeah. you but know, then I mean, it's, a lot so. of
2: more people would be dead too. No, I know that's exactly know. Yeah. exactly. <laughs> no, this. I understand. There's <laughs> a social cost.
3: Thing? <laughs> yeah, right now on Facebook, you have to post and ask somebody to kill themselves, and then a bunch of people have to click like for that to happen. <laughs> right, <laughs> for that. <laughs> that's like, just really know, inefficient.
0: Yeah. It takes a long time. <laughs> So, all right. So, uh, what what is your take? Because um, I had not heard this. Well, those... I feel
2: like Russ should present the initial point because I feel like such a counterpoint to what everyone else's point is. So, like, I feel right. I, it feels weird to lead with the counterpoint. But
0: does every? I mean, do we have to explain what happened? Yeah,
2: I'm I think a little
3: bit worried I that an American audience doesn't have a full uh, rendering of actually what happened. Because for me. Like, when it was going down, we just assumed that we could turn on, like, local news and they'd be talking about it. And, of course, they weren't. And so I was like, well... Fortunately for me, I have France 24 in English, and I can watch a detailed rundown of the investigation and what's going on. But I think for most people, they're just like, I don't know, something in France, and this guy Charlie got shot.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. And, now, and now it's just me, Charlie. <laughs> and I'm Charlie, because I was
3: just <laughs> Charlie, I he was shot. Because America, Charlie. and there's police. Yeah. 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 It's like Drayvon yeah. and
0: Charlie. <laughs> it's it's oh. true. Um, well, I mean, you know, it, it, quick summary. Uh, Charlie Hedbo, Hedbo,
2: Hedboe, is it? Hebdo, hebdo, sorry. Well, Ebdo, technically. But Charlie you know.
0: Hebdo, which is a satirical newspaper that has been way over the line of controversy in France for a long time, um, had posted a series of um, uh, cartoons that were basically – first of all, that were portraying Muhammad, which in Islam is – you're not allowed to portray Muhammad in picture – um in drawing. So first of all even doing it was wrong, but then on top of it they were also being openly mocking of uh Muhammad and so they were threatened and this had happened before, actually the place had been firebombed before although there wasn't anyone hurt and everything. Um and so this time somebody uh, these two guys actually stormed the office and killed 12 people. And the finish up to that is that they were recently themselves, I believe, just uh, killed when uh, they three of them – and I don't remember if it was two or three that originally took over the office. There were two there and were, then
3: a, a third kind of parallel incident happened in another part of Paris and now they're they're trying to figure out whether these guys were affiliated and there's an assumption that they
0: were. That they were. And, and let yeah. me just say uh, – and those three people were killed and there were four hostages killed. At the uh, grocery store where the third one basically had come in. And he basically said if the police tried to take over the other two, he would kill the hostages. He ended up dying. Four people ended up dying. I would like to add into that story something I just discovered today, which is that a uh, Muslim uh, grocery worker actually saved people through his quick actions at the grocery. I'm sure you'll never see Fox News reporting this, but uh, since obviously the, the story of the day is why Muslim, why Islam is terrible, I just thought we should maybe add a little bit of a counterpoint that uh, oddly enough people are people and individual people do individual things. Just like well, Also, the, I think I think you know,
3: the first guy killed was a Muslim police yes, officer who was guarding Charlie Hebdo. Something so.
0: also curiously left out of the reports on this. I can't yeah. imagine why. Um, anyway, so that's the summary. So, all right. Now, having said that, what is, what is people's takes?
3: Uh, okay. And then just really quickly, the standard, I mean, which should be pretty obvious take on it, is that uh, it's an attack on free speech and uh, an example of why fundamentalism needs to be stamped out by the western world and President Obama said we stand with our oldest allies and you know this justifies like 30 more years of drone strikes in Yemen and like all that stuff that the (laughs) inevitable things that you would expect to come out of this thing which
2: I know you support Russ come on yeah (laughs) I'm just laying that out real fast so yeah yeah. Uh, (laughs) all right so your reaction Russ
3: um well, my reaction is obviously it's a horrible thing. Uh, I, I get. I mean, from the profiles of the particular cartoonists who were killed, uh, my understanding was that I would, despite the fact that they were being, you know, as incendiary as you can possibly be, and very much like putting themselves in danger, it seemed like they were also really cool lefty anarchist guys who also criticized capitalism and Charlie Hebdo and a lot of establishmentarian things not, maybe not necessarily other organized religions, but it seemed like that they were doing, in addition to all this inflammatory stuff against Islam, that they were just really cool lefty cartoonists. And like, yeah, you can certainly question their judgment in terms of like why they were determined to, um, lambast, you know, uh, Islam in the way that they were. Um, but obviously it's, it's a big issue in France. There's a lot of, Racism and conflict and hatred, because as the the demographics have changed in Paris, and there's a huge Muslim populace, and so France is known for uh, banning burkas, or par- at least Paris is right. for banning burkas, and yeah. yeah, and you know, trying to eliminate the outward appearance that this is has a a big Muslim population. So another part of that is a lot of people think there's a huge double standard because um, Reddit brought this up that there was an advertisement for just random like, clothing company that wanted to portray Jesus as, like, a model female. It's just this model female was sitting in this portrayal of the Last Supper. And it was banned in Paris because, for the reason of, like, it's incendiary and it will, you know, uh, insult people's core beliefs and so we don't want this advertisement up. And I'm like, well, that does sort of speak to a double standard.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, but that being the case, I mean, I don't know what you do. when. And, and then the, the thing that I'm most interested in, because this is what I uh, have been following, is whether you know, the Islamic State claim responsibility for these attacks and whether they actually train these guys is uh, an open question. But I think it's, uh, you know, obviously a lot of the dialogue surrounds the fact that they're like, this is a pointless act and why would you, you know, if someone can draw a cartoon and insult you so deeply, like isn't there something fundamentally wrong with your belief system? Which as a comedian and satirist, like, I stand behind that fact. But if you look at it from the perspective of, Why would the Islamic State want to do this? I think it actually makes sense because terrorism is a symbolic act in and of itself. You're just trying to scare people. You're trying to uh, throw your issues into people's lives, whether it has like a military impact or not. And I I can't think of a better way to do it, a, a better way to conduct a symbolic terrorist act than to kill a bunch of symbolic journalists who are insulting your faith when you're trying to create like a worldwide caliphate. So... From that point of view, like strategically, it actually makes sense for if if ISIS were to be behind this.
2: Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So I mean, obviously, we don't have like huge points of disagreement to the extent that I was maybe expecting. I mean, I you know. My, as I, I mean, I just posted a 3000 word piece on my blog this morning about my perspective on that. So you can go to that. um. Sponsored by Reed Candle Company. Ding, ding,
3: ding. (laughs)
2: Exactly. So, yeah, you can go to to storytelling on Blue Pyramid and read all about that if you want. Shine
3: a light on your own personal propaganda.
1: (laughs) There you go. Don't hide it under a bushel with Reed
2: Candle Company. Ding, ding, ding. (laughs) <laughs> oh, God. They're going to end up not only not sponsoring me next <laughs> but year, not but like, suing to me for right, exactly. associating them with my radical ideology. I, I'd love to do
0: that. Please, please let this happen. Can you imagine <laughs> the publicity? The judge is like, so you were defamed by the MEP report. We're like, yes. And in the process, they were defaming you in the process of a place where they talked about the cartoon freedom of speech. That Really? That oh, happened? Yeah. The judge
2: would just be so confused. It would be great. We will only pay our representation in MepCoin. Um, exactly, yeah. So, so, yeah. So, I mean, my... So, the main thesis, you know, I actually... Had a couple of Facebook discussions with other people about, you know, because the the cacophony of just like free, free, spe- free, free, free for free, free speech that everyone responded to this, and I don't really see this as a free speech issue. And then I tied it to the interview, which I also think is very related and is sort of much the same thing, where it's basically like, I think that at some point Western society has gotten into this situation. And again, I have to be clear. And unfortunately this needs to be clarified that yes, I am a pacifist. I don't believe in killing. I don't believe the cartoonist should face the death penalty. Even if they violate a free speech standard, like no, nothing about this is justifying the killing. So with that out of the way, um, I do think that, like, Western society has gotten into this obsession of free speech being, like, literally anything and everything, and let's take old norms and standards and just totally shatter them as much as possible, more than anyone can believe. And a lot of this, people have lost sight of the fact that, like, and I think this was especially true with the interview, that a lot of it is clearly envelope pushing to see what we can get away with. But then people are surprised that sometimes you can't get away with something who's in entire purpose was to see if you could get away with it in the first place, and then people are shocked and appalled of, like, well, when they tried to do this totally, like, groundbreaking, over-the-top thing that is more offensive or more threatening of an existing human being than anything that has ever been allowed to be published is... There was reaction, like shock. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Like the whole reason you did it was to provoke that reaction. And again, that doesn't mean like in the case of Charlie Ebdo, that you're like responsible for your own death if the reaction was violent death. But I do think there's a reason that we don't allow fire in a crowded theater to be considered free speech that we don't allow threats on the life of the president or the life of anyone, frankly, to be considered free speech. Like there are limits. There have always been limits and those limits by and large exist for a good reason. Now, Should those limits include like ever saying anything negative about the government? Of course not. But when your point is to try to push the line as far as it will go, like sometimes that line snaps and sometimes that line should snap. And I think that that's like a reasonable lesson to take away from these events in the last two months. And it doesn't mean that, you know. It doesn't mean anybody deserves to die or deserves to have everything totally obliterated. But I do think that if France had reacted a little bit more strongly to this particular cartoon or there had been more dissent or openness of saying this, especially when I see it personally as completely a double standard, that anything about that, about Judaism or Christianity would have immediately been taken down. And someone, in fact, was fired from Charlie Hebdo in 2008 for an allegedly anti-Semitic column that in my opinion, was very mild and clearly not anti-Semitic to begin with, like that there's that level of sensitivity around certain cultures and total impunity around blaspheming and ridiculing people of all faiths of another culture, then it gets a lot harder to say, Oh, the West isn't at a culture war. That's just a misperception. Uh, Because that does seem to be, like, part of what the effort is fueling is an overt culture war. Like, whether they intended to or not. Maybe they intended to go after everybody equally and some things were censored and and some things weren't. But the overall message seems to be this magazine and France in general are really anti-Muslim, don't feel as comfortable being anti-anyone else. And then, like, well, when that country is also bombing Syria, like, what do you expect? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, and of course, these
0: guys were supposedly radicalized, they discovered, um, after, you'll be shocked, uh, the war in Iraq began. I mean, I'm sure none of us could have predicted that that would happen. Um, just more more blood on the hands of our war criminal, former war criminal president. Um, and to, to fuel a so, double
3: standard really quickly, I think part of the reason, and obviously part of the reason why France is so sensitive to anti-Semitic issues is because they were seen as like a wildly anti-Semitic culture since right. World War II, and so because the Jews had the first turn of being persecuted in the history of France, like they've been able to institutionalize these this sensitivity to anti-Semitism only, um, which if you ask me is, I mean, obviously it's a double standard, but it's also, as I've argued before, a failure to take away the right message from the Holocaust, which is not like we can never persecute this one people from now on, it's that we should not persecute any one people.
0: Yep, absolutely, 100%. Um. I uh, well, I mean, you know, it's funny. I, I, my sense is that I'm going to be more. I'm more, I think, in your
2: camp story for the most part. Um, I, I don't the, think that camps are actually that. Distant, well, yeah. I, like I, I think I, there's I, a little bit of free expression, but I actually was kind of surprised at. Yeah, how Yeah, it sounds like Russ is more or less
0: on long run yeah. too. That's true. Um, I, I guess what I would say about it is, um, I have always been frustrated with. I mean, I all of us on this show value speech enormously uh and communication enormously and i do find it amusing let me just say as a secondary i don't know how many people who had never heard or had understood the term uh understood what the name voltaire meant it is amazing how all of a sudden everyone's just like hey you know this guy voltaire once said something about defending to your death the right to say have you ever heard of this guy voltaire yes yes i've Heard of Voltaire, welcome to literature.
2: Um, well, Paul but, McCartney is just writing Kanye's shoestring, so, you know. Yeah, well, that's right. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. I, I
0: know, I, I love it when it sort of works the other way. I mean, the truth right. is, like, Lord of the Rings is just ripping off Dungeons & Dragons. Am I right? Who's with me? Like, my name is Time, have we, we spoke. Yes. Anyway, um, so, yeah, so I, I, uh, I think that uh, now I've gotten completely... I was thinking about Kanye Sorry. West and Paul McCartney. <laughs> it's all right. It's, it happens all the time when I hear Kanye West. Um... I, I think that the thing that frustrates Voltaire. me about speech – and Voltaire, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm 100 percent behind Voltaire, and Voltaire is the, the, the quote that is attributed to him, etc. The problem is – and this is the thing that frustrates me, and I think it's a, a fundamental misunderstanding of what free speech means – Free speech does not mean freedom. And let me start with the caveat, totally against violence. They should not have been killed, completely unacceptable, absolutely wrong, Etc. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, okay? All those caveats remain. In a way, I feel a little bit like when we had the show about Gamergate, where I felt like yeah, at the really? point where you're killing people, like <laughs> yeah. when at the point when you're demanding the death and the rape of women, pretty much any like reasoned discussion has to end. That's a little bit of the way I feel here because it's like they went out and they killed 12 people. That almost sort of is like – The other sort of fine niceties about the philosophy behind it is a second matter in a way. But, I mean, I think obviously we have to have that discussion. Um, I think that speech has consequences. I think you need to be aware that speech has consequences, and freedom of speech does not mean freedom of consequences. Um, and I think when you walk around and you yell loudly on the side of a street, that you think that people are assholes and they're never going to come up and have the guts to punch you in the face because their assholes will never punch you in the face. And pu- if you eventually get punched in the face, should you have been punched in the face? Should there be a bright line between your speech and the physical action of the other person? Yes. But is it really, really stupid to continually demand that someone punch you in the face? Yes. And do you have a right to keep other people from being upset when you're yelling at them that they, you want them to punch you in the face? No, you do not have that right. You do not have a right to not be offended. You do not have a right to uh, not have your speech come back at you in some way. Well, so, I
3: will say that Sylvester Stallone used that to great effect in Rocky III when he asked Mr. T to punch him in the face until he tired himself out. Punch then, me in the right? face. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: Do it. Do it. A well,
3: mm-hmm. harder than that.
0: This is, this is the yeah. uh, Clubber-Lang theory of, um, yep. of uh, censorship. <laughs> but so, I mean, like, I'm, I'm... Most most people don't realize that after Milton wrote his famous anti-censorship track, Arapegetica, the little-known footnote was clubber lang So there was actually... Yep. That was in the bottom of it. No, but I mean, like, I... I it starts, so, I, pity, I pity the fool. Yeah, I pity the fool. Um, <laughs> he did it in blank verse. Is was awesome. Um, so speech has consequences. And I think the frustrating thing to me, and this, I think, it's a good comparison story because I was thinking about the interview also, um, right. The interview is an absolute piece of garbage. Now, I don't think, obviously, that it should be stopped from being seen. I do not think that people should threaten the lives of it is all obvious like i feel like in a way even bringing it up is silly like that should just be the sort of default no one should die for things they say but that's period. our society
2: like, right because yeah. anyone who does bring up this dissent is immediately like well you want to go kill people yeah don't exactly you it's like, like right so let me
0: just like like right. blanket you know yeah. um this this blanket uh you know uh, the term that we're going to use is just like no one should ever be killed for something that they say ever. Brought to you by Reed Candle Company. Okay. Um, but anyway. So, yes. I, I, I am sort of down with that. However... Wait, wait.
3: What if you're saying what if you're a dying a terminally ill cancer patient saying to Dr. Kevorkian please assist me with my suicide then shouldn't you be killed for what you're saying?
0: Um,
1: <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Aha! Because... Uh, gotcha!
0: you speak- You should should be killed as a direct request. If you say, please kill me, then I suppose (laughs) it's okay. I have no idea. All of a sudden I go spiraling into some psychological hell. That's, that was a good term. I don't know. I have to think about that. Um, but, like, so I, I speech has consequences, and I think that, you know, the interview is a piece of garbage. N- never before has there been something in sort of mainstream. I'm not talking about niche stuff. I'm talking about stuff that was a mainstream, main release film with mainstream stars that doesn't like something like um, the, you know, Wag the Dog or uh, The Mouse That Roared or something like that or that even chaplin's brilliant the little dictator those are all things which are making obvious references to sitting heads of state but actually having a movie in which you suggest not you know as you know you say we're going to actually try to kill a head of state is, to my mind, garbage. And if it had been Barack Obama who was the one being killed, other than some Southern racist, you wouldn't have had the same reaction. If it had been, frankly, anybody other than probably Fidel Castro and Kim Jong-un, this would have been the reaction, Uh, you know, would have been this horrible worldwide condemnation instead of, how dare you, you know, hack Sony? Let me just say as a side note – Perhaps Sony should spend some of its multi-millions of dollars into getting legitimate cybersecurity because this is not their first trip uh, you know, down the path of, oh, my God, we got hacked, let me just say. But anyway, right. um, so I, I think that the interview was garbage, and I think that it was speech that was bad speech. Would I forbid it? No. But I think, as Story says, it is not speech that is stuff that I think is reasonable, appropriate speech for the public discourse. That doesn't mean I'll stop them from doing it. It does mean that I have the right to say, you should not be saying these sorts of things because what you're doing is way beyond the line. And you're doing it solely for the sake, as Story says, of seeing what you can get away with. And quite frankly, Charlie uh, Hebdo has been full of vile Incredibly offensive stuff, mostly ever since the you know violation that we talked about, ever since the uh, the firing in two thousand eight, mostly against Muslims because I guess they're there it's free reign to attack them because those crazy Muslims um, for years and years and years and years. And so to me, the idea that we immediately then start holding candlelight vigils and, you know, waving around and, and hashtags just sweet Charlie, would you like to ask the Muslims if they're Charlie? Would you like to ask the billions of people who have been killed in war and drone strikes and unjustified war if they are Charlie? Would you like to ask them? Because what gets lost here is the consequences of the speech that they have and a guy frantically, frankly, a white French cartoonist frantically scribbling away his latest screed against someone of the Muslim, of the Islamic faith, um, I don't really think is thinking about all of the consequences of the actions that he is engaged in. And so, again, does not mean they should have been killed, obviously. Does not mean that they should have been prevented from publishing it, obviously. But I really wish that people would not take this thing of freedom of speech. ...as a badge of, I can do whatever I want, whatever I do, I should not face consequences for it, I should not face censure for it, if you attack me for having that speech, I don't mean attack physically, I mean attack in print for having that speech, then you're a terrible person because you advocate censorship, because here's the news flash. the marketplace of ideas says, more ideas, more better ideas, the marketplace of ideas does not say, here, have another idea, and then you have the right to not be criticized for your idea, it is not freedom from criticism... And so I think that the interview was wrong. I don't think it should have been produced. I think these cartoons were wrong. I think that the newspaper is not, frankly, worth a lot of people's time and attention. I mourn the loss of life. That is a terrible thing. But the idea that somehow... Their, the speech that they did, that this is some attack at the cornerstone of Western civilization, which is always how it's envisioned, by the way, because God forbid freedom of speech appear anywhere else. But the cornerstone of Western civilization is, is nonsense to me,
3: and it's what happens that, when you
0: don't think about consequences.
3: Please visit eBay, where I'm currently auctioning swag from the interview that uh, Seth Rogen threw at us when we went to see the screening on December
0: 25th. Oh, did he really? <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. We went to see it It as well.
3: Brought to you by Reed Company. These guys showed up and they threw a bunch of T shirts at us, so we are currently selling those on eBay. So even if you thought the interview was a total abomination and the worst movie ever, (laughs) surely you'll have a hard time finding the T shirts that memorialize this event because of the limited theater release of the movie. So visit my auction. It's, 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 you should really
2: <laughs> hold on to that for like six years and then sell uh, when it's like illegal contraband or something. Yeah, it's right. Like, uh, absolutely. You're dumping it way too early. I just wish that we
0: did nuance. I mean, I've, I've complained about this before. I really wish we could do nuance. I really do. I, I just – I find – it's so frustrating. It means that you're constantly having to defend. It's like what do you mean like, we should
2: kill people, Greg? What? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Did you see? just
0: say that? Really? It's like you know what? It's and I swear to God, it's like the ACLU. This is the way that the ACLU must feel all the time. Like every day, the ACLU must feel like. Really, I have to defend these people. Really, I have to go defend people who want to march in Skokie. Really, you know, but what they, they have to do that partially because people do such incredibly stupid, hurtful, obnoxious things while waving around the freedom of speech banner rather than saying that what it's supposed to be is you still use your own personal judgment about what is actually speech that will help move the world forward and not just kill and destroy people with the way that your speech works. You know, I mean, like, it's, it's, it would be really nice if people could actually think of it as not a get out of jail free card, but as a something that they, that there's a great responsibility that comes with that right. That's, well, the, the, the other wish.
3: problem is, and let me even go perhaps beyond either of your narratives to something truly weird and offensive. Um, that, I mean, this seems like a very, very convenient. Event to rally people to re rally people against terrorism to re rally people in support of uh, you know a, a new uh, military effort um, in Iraq and Syria in Yemen in Afghanistan and Pakistan like it seems like especially for a country like France who had sort of a minimal level of military commitment to the coalition against ISIS like a wonderful opportunity to get more funding and more military development out of them and to bolster a coalition against ISIS uh, or or other terrorists and so when we go back to um, Russ's uh, global conspiracy theories uh, one of which is that ISIS is little other than a tool for the United States uh, foreign policy goals in their uh, Cold War with Russia it seems like this is good for the western world it's terrible for all of the people that died and it's going to be terrible for Muslims who live in Paris and it's, you know, it's terrible for, you know, but up for for the U.S. military global strategic interests,
0: it's uh it's a huge shot in the arm. And thank God for that. Brought to you by Reed, Co- <laughs> by Reed Co- <laughs> Kendall Co- <laughs> by Reed Kendall Company. <laughs> Co- <laughs> Helping to alight your propaganda since 1997. Deeply, deeply troubling. Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't, I think it's the, The conspiracy theory stuff in this case, I don't. uh, I, I don't. I think it's much more likely that you're talking about two disaffected guys who were radicalized and decided to take it out on people, no different from when Timothy McVeigh got radicalized and decided to take it out in Oklahoma City. I mean, uh, you know, to me, zealots are zealots, ideologues are ideologues, and, you know, the bombings are going to happen one way or the other, and it would be nice if we could get the same reference points made to them, by the way. The guy who flies his plane to an IRS building in Texas is not a lone wolf. He's a terrorist. That's what he's that doing. He's say. doing it for that reason. It and then, an unless we—
3: inexpensive— what would be an extremely inexpensive false flag operation that would ensure the complete support of our international military campaign for yeah, a long time.
0: I mean only because of the incredible hyper overreaction to anything involving the word muslim i mean that's part of it right and so as long as if the media can start moving away from this. And actually, interestingly, the one sort of bit of hope, as you folks know, I always love to bring in hope at some point. Um, the uh, interesting thing that came up about that thing that I mentioned at the very beginning with the, um, the Muslim uh, worker at the grocery store and, of course, the Muslim police officer, is that both of those have gotten enormous play in the mainstream media in France. So in France, there has been an incredible amount of attention paid to that fact. That, I think, is significant and extremely important. Naturally, nobody knows about it here because America, well... But uh, you know, in France, that's gotten a lot of attention, and I think that's partially because they're getting scooped by these. To get back to our citizen journalism discussion from a few weeks ago, they're getting scooped by people who are reporting in any way and are frankly getting more reach than you know the equivalent of the nightly news. So the more that that happens, the more likely it is that we're not going to see this sort of wholesale. Uh, you know, let's let's yeah, rally around the flag and go blow up some more brown people somewhere else in the world. But I do think that 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 is a positive development. But sure, I mean, as long as we continue to sort of go weak in the knees – and I've heard academic defenses of this. I know a guy who I won't name, but I know someone who talked about studying – Um, The Islamic faith, he's an academic and he's talked about studying the Islamic faith and going into great detail about how it has a unique claim to terrorist activity and to all this stuff. And and he says so in this very confident slash academic way. And when I've called Christopher Hitchens
3: used to argue very similar things.
0: It's really. And I and so I blame. Yeah, but at least Hitchens. But Hitchens was a plague on all their houses, though. Right. I mean, Hitchens (laughs) was just like the problem is religion in general just sucks. Um, No, he was
3: he was. Explicitly anti Muslim in that regard. He would refer to it as like a plagiarized version of the Bible and. I mean, which is ridiculous because every Bible is a plagiarized version of some other Bible. So,
0: yeah, it's, it's absolute nonsense. Um, yeah, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Well, yeah, I mean, and, and so when I called him out on that, you know, and was like, listen, <laughs> uh, the history of Christianity is not very positive either if we want to go down that route. And his response was just like, you know, yeah, but that's not the stated ideal of it. Like, it was just complete, absolute confidence that, like, nope, Islam is its own separate thing that no one else, and that's just, that's just. Ridiculous. That is just not borne out by reality. Um, so as long as we continue to have this hair trigger, which the media has fed into, that Muslim means bad, um, then yes, I think we're going to get these kind of operations are going to have that effect. But I think – It's much more likely the problem is more keeping these uh, these events that happen from blowing up into a false flag. Like, why is it that Anders Breivik blows away a bunch of kids in in his uh, country? And it's an explicitly political attack, by the way, including the people that he killed. Um, why is it that happens, and our reaction isn 't my God, Christianity is crumbling at the foundations instead, somehow Islam gets blamed again because it 's well he was objecting to all the terror to the uh, uh, you know immigrants coming into his country and so and so somehow, because he blamed them, that means we also have to blame them. How about no? His reflects the example of a dying, horrified people that are losing grip of their world because it 's becoming more inclusive and they can 't take it. Why does that get not called out? Because Muslim equals bad and Christian equals default. And as long as that continues to be the case, this will happen. But I think it's more that it leads us to be able to take advantage of that rather than we set it up in advance, I think. But,
2: you know, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I keep coming back to the fact and, you know, (laughs) we're just going to pile on the unpopular opinions. But, you know... Yes, there was a lot of sleight of hand involved in allegedly blaming 9-11 for Iraq, but, like, most people who were polled at the time or whatever else would say the reason we were invading Iraq the second time, of three now, um, that it was had something to do with 9-11 or a reaction to 9-11, and certainly everyone thought that that was, you know why afghanistan happened to and like whatever the actual source of 9-11 was like you know ostensibly that's that was the reason in the situation when the war with isis started there were two people killed and again they shouldn't have been killed they didn't deserve to die they were killed in a very gruesome way but it was two people and you know like the highways in texas kill more people every day like it's not you know, that story. it was, it was Muslims, pretty small. Muslims, right. are, not highways. Right. Muslims right. are not. I understand. Muslims are not. I understand. But that. it's like, it's really. You know, and Unless that was you go on a pilgrimage,
3: in which case, right. they, they, <laughs> Yeah, they are well. They are
0: highways. That's <laughs> what we have to do. If we could figure out a way to rename the highways in Texas like Mecca and like uh, oh you know and Istanbul, and or but yeah. yeah, Medina, yeah. Just name it all these Middle Eastern names, then all of a sudden people will. There'll be a war on highways. You, mm. you can you can guarantee it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Islam you know... is a highway. <laughs> oh God, I wanna
2: ride it all night long. <laughs> da da you're going my way (laughs) (laughs) yeah um anyway just an effort to underscore that like that we can spin very quickly any very small incident you know to echo the possibility of the false flag like it just does not take much in our current western society to prompt overreaction to the point of you know and and hey Let's say the beheadings are not false flag. Let's say with the entire like upfront, whatever, like. Two beheadings lead to the entire war on ISIS. Do you think ISIS was unable to predict that that would be the reaction? Like, ISIS, of course, knew exactly what was going on and wanted that response and wanted that invasion for whatever their purposes are. So you don't even need it to be a false flag of, like, knowing that the massive violent overreaction is playing into the hands of whoever is perpetrating it. Like, whether it's false flag or not becomes irrelevant at a certain point because – Whoever is behind that attack wants, is doing it only to prompt the overreaction that will lead to X number of zillions of more deaths. So, you yep. know, yay. What a structure. Yep, exactly. End of history. <laughs> and, <laughs> We're and, there. And history, and scene. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: It's, um, it's, it's scary stuff, and uh, I think the only thing that can be said is that uh, consequences, people. Learn them. Learn what
2: they are. Figure them out. It is at dark times like these that we need... A shimmering lone candle. In the dark. <laughs> Brought to you by Reed Candle way. Company. Da, da, da. Don't you want a Reed candle today? Oh, my um, God. Think and, about, everybody. And, and, just in uh, case
3: we have not um, adequately offended any possible listener who might
0: have <laughs> Well, hurry up because we're at the end of an hour, so go offend Good. quickly.
3: Oh, I was just going to say, I, I just really long for the day when religion becomes a thing of the past and we all live in the secular humanist world. And But I, I just feel like. It's gonna to have to be so much turmoil before that happens. You really to have to throw that incendiary at me right yeah, now. Yeah, right. Exactly. All, all these ideals all right. are just so equally insane, and that they just are supported by different economies is the only difference in who's doing what to whom. Just... All right, I
2: know we're out of an hour, but Map Report 134 <laughs> will be me solo ranting for one hour and change against what Russ just said. No, I'm more or less. We can't with you. do it now. I'm more or less with you on that
0: too. It'll it'll be with, with occasional additions. <laughs> and when that happens, wonderful people of the Map Report, that'll be brought to you by Reed Candle Company. Ding ding ding. <laughs> um, we want to thank everyone for uh, tuning into the show. Uh, thanks as always for checking out the website. Thank you as always for uh, listening in. And please let everyone know. Spread the word. Join the join the Facebook. Do all that stuff. Make sure you like us. Make sure you like us repeatedly. Don't downvote us. Just like us. Just constantly up like us all the time. Upvote us. Uh, give us no constructive feedback. Just say how much you like us, and everyone will be much better off. Say goodbye, because everybody.
2: Because free speech. Because <laughs> I guess we're the government of France. I don't know.
0: Say goodbye, everybody. Brought to you by Reed Candle Company.
2: <laughs> ding, ding, ding.
0: <laughs> just
3: sweep. Mep, mip emu.
1: For well, the last time I saw old man he knew, him, he was chasing a female he knew, him, as he shot past I heard him say, <laughs> she can't fly, but I'm telling you, she can run the pets of a kangaroo. <laughs> she can't fly, but I'm telling you, she can run the pets of a kangaroo. Well, there is a moral to this ditty, um da 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 Crush can sing, but he ain't pretty, um da 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 Duck can swim, but he can't sing, nor can the eagle on the wing. Emu can't fly, but I'm telling you, he can run the pets of a kangaroo. <laughs> well, the cook of bar laughed and he said, it's true, um ba da 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 da